head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 206 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Baron Carbon of Irish MMA you media. You mean Virgil van Dyke? Graham McDonald. <laughs> oh, don't get me into that. Let, let's leave that to lean because I don't want to annoy people because I feel like I have a huge rant coming. But anyway... We're going to talk about some MMA, some bare knuckle boxing, and some other stuff. Graham, you're a married man now since last week, but that, yeah, so okay. How was that? But you all, we 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 got caught talking about something just before the podcast, and then I was like, no, no, we have to talk about this on the podcast. So yeah, which do you want to go with first? Thing about the whole thing, <laughs> yes, was the bacon cheese fries. That's all everybody cares about. Nobody cares about me. Well, they weren't but people just people will be. Uh, they weren't just flying bacon to Malaga cheese. to get a yeah. They were McDonald's bacon and Ma- cheese fries. McDonald's bacon and how, like. Okay, tell us about them. <laughs> I need this whole story. Come on. Okay, they come in like a rectangular tray. What? And yeah, um, and there uh, there's not enough cheese though. But the bacon's a little tiny, little shredded uh, bacon. Lovely. The cheese is very good. They could do it more though. But I wasn't even hungry. I'd already eaten just before. But I had to had to get them because uh, an opportunity like that, you got to grasp with both hands. You know. You, can't, you, you, can't <laughs> you don't want to live with regrets for the rest of your life. No. You know. No. Know how it is, Sean. Yeah. Oh, uh, and come here to me. Were they normal McDonald's chips, like? Yeah, they were normal fries with uh, just the the bacon and cheese on top. And like, give them a rating. Get the rating system one through ten. Um, phew, probably a seven and a half. Seven point five. That's that's. What they would, had the potential to be a, to be an eight if the the cheese is on top of them. What would you give the Eddie Rockets bacon and cheese fries? <sighs> If they're done correctly, yeah. sometimes you get a good batch or bad batch. Yeah, even nine out, nine out of ten nine, rookie, when they're done right. Rookie score, but yeah, it'd be up there anyway. They're they're nice, all right. But fuck, I'd love. To, I I feel like I want to go and get McDonald's chips now and just make my own bacon and cheese and throw them over. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's changing. But how's married life uh, for you anyway? Is it good? Are you a big yeah, it's good. Life? Yeah. Not much has changed except I have to wear a ring and I, I don't really do ever wear jewelry and it feels yeah. a little bit strange. But it's getting more normal uh, already. Here's the move. Here's the move. Get a tattoo on your finger. That's what I. That's tattoo. what I think I do. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get a tattoo. Do you not think so? No. Yeah, like a tattoo of a ring is is Fair. probably the only thing I would have. Like if it makes sense, like if you're, mm-hmm. but like these random tattoos that people get, I just never would. I don't think I'd ever get one of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I if I was getting one, as well, it'd have to be a bit of meaning. But yeah, I, I yeah, it'd have to have a, a huge meaning, like maybe like a. Something to do with like family member or something small. I wouldn't do ever do anything big, but or something to do with like you know a ring or something like. Yeah, yeah. I reckon but never uh, just like an animal or like a ra- random design <laughs> or like bar- barbed wire. Like people get like it's terrible. You I don't spend, know what people are doing. You spent enough time in SVG now. You're not going to get like a lion on your chest or something. No? Yeah, I've seen enough <laughs> animals on people. Enough animals on people. Right. Give me a life. I don't need to be looking in the mirror and seeing another one. Yeah. Spe- speaking of animals, anyway, what about them two animals in the bare knuckle boxing squared circle <laughs> last night? That was squared circle. It wasn't. Yeah. You might kept saying that. It's like it's not square. It's not square. It's, it's a circle. I don't think <laughs> you understand how shapes. What, what shape? Which, which shapes are which? <laughs> Rookie error. Schoolboy error. Real schoolboy error. Schoolboy. What's the difference? 
Well, my friend actually before uh, thought, <laughs> thought it was school bag error. School ago. bag error, Jesus. He thought it was a school boy. It's very funny. School we didn't let him live it down for years. I'm gonna start. That, that, that was literally a school by error by him, wasn't it? Yeah. I used to think. I used to think approximately meant exactly. And <laughs> I like when I was young, and I used to say it like really nonchalantly. <laughs> like, what age were you? Like? I, I don't, I'm not. Lit, I remember the day I I. I was told or explained that it didn't mean it, and I was actually it was so shocking that you remember today. I, I was going to a nightclub, so I wasn't that young. <laughs> you were like sixteen like, at least. No, no, I was. Oh, I was like eighteen. I said, "Like what?" Someone explained it to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Jesus, okay, that's that's pretty." One bad. of my mates taught only child was lonely child until about really? five years ago. Jesus, how that, that lonely? And then he child. played it off like a, like like it, nothing happened when we explained to him that uh, it was only child. He's like, oh, okay, and then yeah. just moved on. I'm not like. I love when you I catch know, lonely like child is very funny. Though. I love when you <laughs> I love when you catch people out like that. But anyway, this bare knuckle boxing, like okay, before we get into the fight and stuff, what I I I've been sure. Contest about yeah, I actually called it about on Twitter last night, realizing that you'd do that, so I, I let myself slip. But um, what what do you think of it overall? Like, I'm not sure what to think of the whole bare knuckle thing. What's your thoughts on it? I thought it was a bit of crack. Uh, the way they ref it, like kind of boxing where there's knockdowns and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's. <laughs> I don't know, like giving people ten counts, so if you, people can kind of recover and come back and take more damage. And but like it looks, I think it just looks more brutal than it is. Like I think you can't really throw with full one hundred percent power without breaking your hands, really. So I think in boxing and MMA, you can probably throw harder because the glove is protecting your your ankle and your and your hand. I, I so I don't think it's that much more dangerous or anything. But it's hard to really, it's hard, it's really hard to know. Your wrist is well, not your ankle, by the way. But yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, yeah, your wrist. Like I felt like that as well. I felt like I feel like we're saying that because Joe Rogan said it on like five hundred and fifty podcasts. But I don't know if it's actually true. Like how I watched like five or six bare knuckle fights now. And in almost all of them, lads have been rocked badly. Like, Artem and Jason Knight don't get rocked like that in MMA fights. Like, do you ever see Artem rock like he was there last night and a couple of times? Jason Knight especially. I don't think I have, like... and I know they were kind of fighting with reckless abandon and it's basically... Yeah, and it's more... And it's just punches, punches, punches yeah. instead of kicks and defending takedowns and grappling. So there's more there's more volume of punches coming your way. So there's more chance of getting caught, I suppose, as well. And, like, people talk about damage as well. Like, if you look at most MMA fights, there actually isn't that much damage. Like, there's, you know, MMA is becoming more technical all the time and less damage taken all yeah, the time. People fighting on the outside and mm-hmm. just landing shots and being careful. 100%. Like, which is smart. Ev- but- yeah, definitely. But I don't know, is that possible in bare knuckle boxing? Like, can you jab and, and kind of roll around on the outside? Every time there's, like, boxers well, fighting no, against... not in that promotion, because the owner will come out yeah. and say, oh, we're taking half your money because you didn't, you didn't go in out there and bite down on the gum shield and swing. That was... We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, like, I I don't know. I'm not sure. And maybe when Malinaji fights, we'll see if it's, if, if it's possible to fight, like, really technically and not get hurt. But even if you do that... I think your face is going to get smashed up. Like, look at Artem and Jason Knight's faces last night. There's pictures of them uh, going around. Both of them were torn up. I think, like, Artem's hand, I think, was cut. I'm not sure if it was his hand cut or if it was just the blood off Jason Knight's face. But it looked like his hand was cut early, probably broken. Like, And that's, you know, that's... <laughs> that, 
I don't know. That's great either. Like uh, people are saying, it's safer without the gloves. It's safer in MMA than MMA. Like a similar MMA fight, I don't think would have caused as much damage as that. And not, okay, that's outside damage. That's aesthetic damage. Maybe you know, damage to the brain and stuff is different. But look at the way they were rocked. Like Jason Knight was knocked down what three times? Artem was knocked down once. Artem was hurt in, in the fourth. Jason Knight was hurt maybe five times throughout the fight. I don't know. I'm still not 100% sure about, about this bare knuckle boxing. And another thing as well, uh, you know, talk about that, that uh, as you mentioned there, the, the promoter came in after one of the fights, said they're taking away half of your person, giving it to the other lad because you didn't fight. Like, who are the lads running these bare knuckle boxing organizations? Will these lads actually get paid? One of them hasn't already, and I know this is a different organization, but Chris Lieben fought for one of these organizations, didn't get paid, now he's fighting for this. Like, how long is this going to go? I remember when... When Artem signed with that organization, we were kind of talking about it here, and I was like, okay, fair enough, I, I wouldn't hold it against any of these lads or, or ladies for signing for uh, for these bare-knuckle boxing organizations, but I think it's going to be a quick kind of, okay, I'm going to get 100 grand for this fight, and then the promotion's not going to be around in a couple of months' time. Do you, like, do you think it's that way, or do you think there's any longevity in it? Um... I think this this if Paulie and Artem happens and it and it does really well, it, it'll probably stick around longer. But if if it it probably depends on what how well that does. Mm-hmm. That could be the fight that ends it all as well, though, isn't it? Because Paulie's not going to come in there and fight for nothing. Artem's definitely not fighting for nothing. You know. It's... But if 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 like if they offer Paulie a decent amount of money and he turns it like nothing spectacular and he turns it down, he's going to look really bad. Like he's been talking all this stuff. He's an ego. He's an ego guy. Like all these guys are like. Mm-hmm. They they don't want to back down like so. He like does he want to? Would he take it for like a little less than he get paid boxing just for because he thinks oh this would be easy and I'll look I'll kind of like get one over on the, the on Connor and the team. He probably maybe they'll get him at a little bit of a discount. <laughs> he probably sees that as a way to get in the McGregor fight as well, you know, if he goes in there and he boxes yeah. up Artem and, and calls out McGregor. And, you Long-term know, McGregor, investment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, McGregor might even be there as well. Planting the seeds. Yeah. Or more, well, he's been, the seeds have been planted already, but... Bring your balls, Connor. Bring your balls. Yeah, so, yeah, that might happen, but... Look, it's funny when he looks around and he's... Uh, when he's when the little scuffle with our time, when Paulie looks around to try and, like, break away from whoever's holding him and he sees Anthony yeah. Rumble Johnson, he's like, oh, okay. Don't want to anger this guy. Don't want to anger this guy. I love the way everyone was like, is that Rumble Johnson? He look, gone in there looking like fucking... I don't know, Bobby Lashley looking or like, something. Looking like he ate another Anthony Rumble <laughs> yeah. Johnson. Yeah, it looked like welterweight Anthony Johnson was added to light heavyweight Anthony Johnson, and now we've <laughs> we've this Anthony Johnson. What the fuck? But uh, yeah, fair play. But what about the fight anyway? You know, it was. I gave it a nine point one over on the scale. Obviously, it's not gone under the proper ratings. Vermeer.com forward slash ratings because it's not an MMA fight. But it was funny shit, really, wasn't it? We have to say oh, that. Good crack. Yeah. yeah, it was very good crack. And, you know, guys getting knocked down and, like, a war like that is always good crack. Like, if that happened in MMA, it would, it would, people would be, the crowd would be going crazy and people would be talking about it and uh, back and forth, knockdowns, both guys, bloody, bruised, uh, both, like, even at the end, you know, how many times had Jason Knight been knocked down and he was piling on the pressure trying to get the finish at the end when our time was tired? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a great fight. Like, yeah. Uh, or a great contest, and if it was in MMA, people would be talking about it as a, as a really great fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually looked at most of the the reaction to it. Have people been calling it a really good contest or yeah, fight or whatever? I, I think it was just obviously the people watching that are like the. 
the hardcore, hardcore of the hardcore. But like, I think almost everyone was saying this was funny shit and it was an absolute war. Like, I don't think Artem and JSN Knight as well get enough credit for you know they're, they're good fighters. Artem's always in fun fights, nearly always. Like, and I don't think they get enough credit. And this they got enough credit for this, all right. I think because this was this was funny shit. I was expecting JSN Knight to win. I won't lie. I think I said it in the podcast last week or a couple of weeks ago. I I thought our when it was announced, even maybe I, I thought he'd win, but Artem just. Arton came out straight away, throwing hands, landing big shots. He got knocked down almost straight away, but it was, I don't know, was it the cleanest knockdown? I think of all the knockdowns, it was the, the least clean. There was even a few that weren't given as knockdowns. And also, I don't think knockdowns get a point taken away in bare-knuckle boxing, because it seems like the, when the scores came out, obviously Arton won. Arton won the first three rounds, and Jason Knight won the second, uh, or the, the fourth and the fifth. It just... It, it, the scores came out and there was like no knockdowns on the scores even though there was like five knockdowns in the contest it was like it was very weird but anyway yeah you know Artem fought well he came out very very aggressively Jason Knight caught him at one shot and then Artem came on and for three rounds he was absolutely decimating Jason Knight as I said his face was was torn open and then he got very very tired Jason Knight came back got landed with a couple of big shots uh, in the fourth round and in, in the in the fifth Artem was totally running on fumes you could see he was just kind of trying to survive and he actually hit Jason Knight with one big right hand I think it was in the last maybe 15-20 seconds of the of the of the bout and uh, and rocked him as well and, and came to the end and obviously won, won the fight as well but I thought it was funny the way the commentator in the in the last round was like Artem's tired his hands are by his side it's like his hands have been by his side the whole time <laughs> last 15 years yeah. <laughs> but yeah you're right he's tired but like that's not that's not an indication of it mm-hmm. yeah so yeah look I suppose we talked about Polly Malnagy against Artem that, that could ha- happen next uh, June 22nd I think they announced last night so Look, hopefully that the promotion still exists by then, uh, you know, and and that that could be a that could be a bit of fun. I'm not totally sold on the whole bare knuckle stuff yet. Uh, with it being safer and all, I don't think it's as aesthetically pleasing. I don't think it's always as fun. But sure, look, these things happen in BKB, and we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll Chris see. Lieben had a nice knockout as well, though. He did, Jan. Twenty five seconds, just absolutely murked it. Like Chris Lieben said, like he he had like eighteen percent function in his heart about a year ago, and now he's back fighting. <laughs> Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> was I don't know what regulations going on over there. <laughs> yeah, Mississippi. I don't think they have the tightest regulation going on there, but sure. All right. Next thing I want to talk about here is just before we get into the, the fights next week, I saw a tweet uh, Peter Queeley sent out the other day, and I saw a few people saying it about uh, the Eddie Alvarez lost to Timothy uh, last week at One FC. And he was kind of saying that, okay, one fighter got beaten by another good fighter. And, you know, we we kind of overreacted to it as the media. And we don't look into these guys enough when they're fighting good guys. Like Demetri Johnson had a good fight as well. It was, was hurt a couple of times. Eddie Alvarez obviously got, got finished in that fight. Do you buy anything into that? Like, do you think we we don't put in enough preparation? Or can we put in... My, like, my point was, there are so many fights now and so many organizations and so many fighters, it's actually impossible to keep up with it. Like, do you... But do you feel like that's a, an area we need to improve on as a kind of the media as a whole? Yeah, I think there's, there's so many UFCs alone. There's oversaturation of UFCs and then there's Bellators and then there's, there's all these other promotions, like even the big ones like KSW and loads of them. And then there's all these tiny promotions that you've never you've never able to find. If you type it or if you go into Topology and you see, oh, this guy fought on this and you try to look for the promotion, look for the fight videos, there is no fight videos. Um, or it's it's 
it's up, uploaded under a different name or something and it's hard to find and like you're, you go scaring the internet for like what hundreds of fights like you know there, there's so many fights happening all the time in like how many ufcs are there a year now like there used to be what there used to be 12 uh, there used to be 12 or 14 and now there's what like 40 or 50 yeah and then you have all the bellators like you know it's it and yeah like it's not possible to keep up with everything like yeah you have guys like Kaposa on twitter who like would probably be a few other guys who'd probably be like uh be the best at keeping up with with all these other promotions and knowing these guys like Kaposa probably knew had seen fights of of the guy eddie alvarez was fighting and the guy uh demetrius johnson was fighting but there's like maybe even he hadn't you know because it is impossible to keep up mm-hmm. like t- to me even you know you hit it on the head there even with the ufc it's impossible to keep up like this, the ufc twitter put up um uh jack Ren knocking out chris weidman the other day and i did not remember that at all like unless uh, unless i was reminded of it like i would not have remembered that happening like it that's a former ufc yeah. middleweight remember champion. you forgot about rory mcdonald versus uh yeah damian maya well that was different because uh, like when i did that that was when i could remember almost every fight and that was only what maybe what three or four years ago like that, that wasn't that long ago where I you could nearly remember every fight of every contender. Now, like, every time we're doing a podcast, I have to pull up Wikipedia to see where they're last. Just things move so quickly. Like, and it's impossible as well. Like, I'm someone who likes to, okay, we're going to talk about these fights coming up here in a minute. I like to watch fights beforehand to see who's going to win. I don't like to take it at face value who, who I think is going to win. And not that just who, oh, yeah, I don't want to pick the winner. I want to see how this fight is going to go, where this guy can win, where the other guy can win. And it's impossible to do that for all these fights. Even all the UFC fights. Like, I do it for the two or three big fights uh, um, a week. But, like, how how are you supposed to have enough time to watch all the video, watch all the tape? Like, uh, okay, if you're if you're a, a full-time employed as an, as an MMA journalist, all you're doing is analysis. Where I think, you know, I think there's maybe... I don't know, is there anyone actually doing that? But if there is, I, I, you know... Like I, if your I, job I, is to give <laughs> fight picks or to, like, yeah. give, like... Uh, betting suggestions or whatever then yeah you need to find every video on, on yeah. each guy that is possible on the internet you need to spend time looking but like it's just like not plausible really yeah. it's possible but it's not plausible yeah it's yeah exactly that's it you'd, you'd need to be a full-time job and if anyone has one of those full-time jobs <laughs> it's in my way like i i reckon i could do that i reckon i'd be good at that but like it's it's actually okay implausible that's that's a good work it's not impossible you could do it but it's just to, to go through, and I've did it before, like, for the for UFC cards before, and I would take, like, days to do it. Like, literally days to do it. And that's when there was, uh, you know, not as many UFC cards. Now you couldn't do it. And that's a 1FC fight as well. There's no yeah, way you'd be you preparing, like, for, like, a few weeks for, a, like, a or a week or two for, like, a pay-per-view, and there'd yeah. probably be, like, other UFC cards in between, but you'd just, you know, you, you wouldn't be doing, like, a big breakdown or, or a size-up for them mm-hmm. because because it's not... It's not possible to do a very good job on all the on all these cards when they're coming so quick and, or uh, thick and fast. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, look, I think it's an interesting thing. Though. It's something we can we can do better on, especially when it's like someone like Demetri Chance and Reddy Alvarez going over who are big names. I think like I think we've more of a duty to to cover those guys and cover them yeah, that's better. True, actually, yeah. And and you know and the people they're fighting because. 
you know, and I, I think Capoz actually said it that it was going to be a good fight. And he was, and I actually follow his new Twitter as well. He got thrown off Twitter, so his new Twitter, Grabaka Hitman underscore, I think he is now. So follow him there as well. And he kind of said it because he he had been watching. Like it's a similar sort of thing. Like okay, like imagine Fabian Edwards goes over to America and has this really you know fight someone really good in in the the middleweight division in, in Bellator, and everyone in in America is probably saying, ah, sure, this guy's going to get walloped on. And then we're here like. He's really good. He could he could win this fight, you know. Even if it's someone really good, you know, it's that sort of thing. When you when you kind of know it, but it's impossible to know it all. There's there's no way. Like even you know some some of the American fighters, like the guy James Gallagher fought. I remember. I think uh, it was Pete who was saying it afterwards that he's a really good fighter. You know, he was a champion of one of the good, really really good organizations. And like I watched a couple of his fights, and you know I, I thought he was a good fighter, but I you know you didn't realize the kind of the the backing he had behind him in terms of fights he's had and stuff. And it's just impossible to know unless you're covering the sport all the time. Like, we'd know it for Cage Warriors and Bama guys and stuff like that, or, or Bellator Europe guys now, or whatever you want to say, but it's impossible to know it for guys all around the world. And, uh, look, I, I, I think it's something we can do better on, but I think there's a reason why, why we don't do better on it at the moment. But, anyway, let's get into this big UFC 2 36 card next week from where's it on hold on let me look the state farm arena in atlanta georgia home of aj styles uh we have max holloway versus dustin poirier kelvin gaslam versus israel adesanya in the the double interim title co-main event situation here which one of those fights are you most looking forward to graham definitely the main event <clears throat> sorry um but uh the co-main event is very good as well but definitely the main event uh I also love a Max Holloway fight and Dustin Poirier fights are always good as well. And it's it's going to be interesting to see Max Holloway at 155 for the first time. There's a lot of interesting things to see in in this fight. They fought before, which is always a, an interesting dynamic. I know Max Holloway was was young and a completely different fighter, but maybe somewhere in his head it would be a bit more pressure or a bit more something would be different in his head than a regular fight against a, a guy he hasn't fought before. And then he's got the, the different weight class and all that going on as well. So, uh I'm very interested in that fight, but obviously uh, Adesanya and Ka- Gaslam is a is a really great fight as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can almost throw the first Poria Holloway fight out the window in terms. Maybe of, though the mentality. I mean though, in 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 Max Holloway's head. Yeah, like why? Because he he got beat by him before, and maybe he wants to to get that win back now. Is it? Yeah, well, just uh, sometimes maybe for Max Holloway it'll, it'll be nothing. But sometimes there's a little bit of extra pressure there if you've already lost to the guy in, in your own head to overcome this. Maybe you've been thinking about this fight more than other fights for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe like you, you know, if 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 uh, if he'd never fought Ma- uh, Dustin Poirier before, he would have the exact same mindset that he always has. But maybe he'll have a slightly altered mindset, and maybe that will make him more aggressive or make him more more cautious we don't know or maybe he'll just fight the same but it's another dynamic that could possibly play in the fight yeah it, it, it definitely could but for me looking at looking at tape on, on both of these guys i think this is really 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 going to be a fucking phenomenal fight and i don't know uh you know i, I don't like giving picks anymore but i think dustin Poirier could win I really, I think he is, I think he's a bad style matchup for Max Holloway. And if Max Holloway wins this fight, I, I think he's maybe pound for pound number one in the world. He's definitely up there anyway. Because this is, this is a tough fight for Max Holloway. This is a sopa who likes to fight pressure guys like Max Holloway will bring. Like he fought Justin Gaethje. And okay, Justin Gaethje is like, 
He's not like a light version of Max Holloway, but he's a little bit. You know, Max Holloway likes to put on pressure. Justin Gaethje likes to put on put on pressure. Likes to come forward. And what Dustin Poirier did to him was was so good. He circled around the pressure, but met him as he came. Because when guys like Max Holloway and what Holloway and Gaethje do very similarly, I think, is cut off the cage really well and make it a fight. Make it a fight in close quarters, a phone booth fight. Max Holloway does it does it in a very, very different way. Because a lot of the time, Max Holloway makes it like you know, a lot of fighters try to back you either back you against the fence or try to fight you around the edges of the fence so that you know, like like Tyron Woodley against uh Wanderby, he got his back against the fence so he could hit there. You know, make the room a little bit smaller. But Max Holloway somehow is able to do that in the middle of the cage. So, like, he'll make a fight in the phone booth right in the middle of the cage. And that's a very, very, very hard thing to do. Because to, to cut down space without a barrier behind you or a barrier behind your opponent is almost impossible. But Max Holloway, you know, makes it makes it possible. And that's what he's great at. But Dustin Poirier is really good in those situations. Like, you wouldn't call Dustin Poirier really a counterfighter, but he's very good at countering that pressure because he meets it and his jab is really good. Like, imagine you're, you're, you know, when guys are pressuring someone, what do you need to do to kind of stop that pressure? You need to put up a barrier right in front of them and that jab is the perfect barrier to the pressure. And we saw it against Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, in that first fight, in, the, in, in was it the first fight? I think it was the first fight, yeah. In the first round, anyway. Jose Aldo hit him with a jab and he hurt him. He almost finished Max Holloway. People kind of forget that he had him hurt. Well, maybe not almost finished him, but he definitely had him hurt. And it was because of that jab and the right hand that came behind it. And if Dustin Poirier is able to hit him with that jab and the left hand behind it, Dustin Poirier has a lot more power as well, I think, than, than Jose Aldo, especially fighting 155 pounds coming up. I think this could be a very, 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 very interesting fight. What do you think? Yeah, I think Poirier is going to bring it on early, and I think that's that's the way he's going to win it. But I think Max Holloway, I think his pressure is just going to be too much. He's going to be able to keep it up for longer. I think Poirier is not like as chinny as maybe people kind of a lot of people were saying uh, around the McGregor fight. And McGregor was saying, but he 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 isn't like you know he hasn't got this iron chin or anything. And mm-hmm. um, it's not that Max Holloway has this huge power or anything, but it's 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 kind of a bit like a bit like the Diaz's where. It's just there's so many punches hitting you, and it, over five rounds suits Max Holloway I think better than Justin Poirier for for this fight. But he definitely Max Holloway definitely has to be very very uh, wary early because uh, Poirier is like a very very good fighter and he's he's always improving as well. I know Max Holloway is is like you know a completely different fighter from when they when they fought the first time, but so is Poirier is a, a very different fighter as well. Maybe not as much as Holloway, but. It's it's a really interesting fight. It's definitely I, I'd be I'd be shocked if it wasn't really fun. Um, I think I think somebody's going to get finished. Uh, it it could be it could be Holloway, but I think it's going to be I think it's it's I think Holloway will probably win in the in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I, it's just be the damage will just accumulate, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think he's going to be able to push Poirier back as as uh, as the rounds go on. Yeah, I was watching a fight. I don't know if it was one of these fights, but some fight in anyway, I heard like, the commentator say um, he's taking his best shot now, and, and you know that must be very uh, hard mentally on someone to t- you know to take your best shot and you can't knock him out. But when you're when you're Max Holloway and when you're Dustin Poirier as well, it feels like 
these guys just keep keep hitting guys with their best shot until they get knocked out. And I've never like I've never understood that thing. Oh, I hit him with my best shot and I couldn't knock him out. It's like hit him with the best shot five times and the fifth one will knock him out. Like <laughs> that's how things work. The accumulation of damage. You know, you hit on that there, and I think that will be the case here. And if this does get down to a, a testing of chins, then you you'd have to think right now that Max Holloway would would win that because Dustin Poirier has a good chin make no doubt about that he proved a lot of of uh, of people wrong with that Justin Gaethje fight and, and Eddie Alvarez fight as well and you know that chin was was a thing that was suspect maybe at 145 pounds that extra 10 pounds is obviously helping him an awful lot but Max Holloway has been in an awful lot of hard fights as I said that Aldo fight yeah. was, he was hurt in and that weight cut thing like, uh, like I know he beat Ortega since but like he'll he did look horrendous when he was doing the interview when Bisbing called him out and nobody really actually knows what happened there. Has that had an effect on Max Holloway? Like, it didn't look like it in the Ortega fight, but he, Ortega's not really, I know he knocked out Frankie Edgar, but he's not really, you know, coming with big pair of punches like Poirier will be coming with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like, looking at, okay, I, I we talked about, like, the good aspects of, of both guys, and I think they have very, very good aspects. Like, I, I don't know, I may be a little bit sided with Poirier, but, I, I you know, Holloway could easily, it's, I think it's a 50-50 fight, it really is, but kind of looking at where both guys might be, you know why they, where they might be gotten to i i think paria's bottom half is very very open and one thing that's a very big positive and negative with paria he seems to get into like boxing matches and not just you know two, two lads in mma fight boxing he's actually like shoulder rolling and getting behind that jab it, like it feels like you're w- watching a boxer fighting and he works the body really really well but when you do that you leave your bottom half very much open and max holloway he doesn't have the best leg kicks in the world but kicking the legs kicking the body we saw gaethje do it as well and i know gaethje's an excellent excellent leg kicker but i think that's something that holloway will look at and he'll try to pick uh paria apart by doing that because you know that jab to win that battle of the jab and we'll talk a little about that with the adesanya fight as well you have to get inside you, ha- you well you either have to get inside and break down inside or else you have to make the distance longer and be the guy from a longer distance in which they can jab you and the way of doing that is with kicks and you know head kicks are are good but but leg kicks are also a way i, I think of doing it. and you know especially as i mentioned with someone a high guard like that and you know the, the bottom half a little bit open that's one area i think max holloway will will look to to get to with uh dustin Poirier. and i think on the flip side then Watching a lot of uh, Holloway's old fights, it's not that he's a slow starter, but it's that he kind of gets into fights and he he works his way into fights the whole time. And if you know if you carry the power that Poirier does, especially early in fights, that could be a dangerous thing. Because if, as I mentioned earlier on, that Aldo fight where he landed that big shot, I think if Poirier lands that same shot on Holloway, it'll be night night. I really do think it's all. This is an interesting fight now. You know, Max Holloway, if he can get that pressure, if he can get inside that jab. Uh, on 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 Paria, it's going to be an easy night. It really is. I think if he takes away that jab, it it will be an easy night. But that that jab is the main part of this fight. If Holloway can break it down, if he can get inside, if he can hit him with those leg kicks, uh, he will win. But if if Poirier can start landing that jab, if he can stop the pressure of Max Holloway, if he can if he can meet him at the end of the circle, if he can not make the octagon small like Max Holloway likes to do. I think Poirier can win, so it's a, it's a very interesting fight. I'm really looking forward to it. How, how do you see? Who you know? You, you you said Holloway, but is there anything you want to pick out there that you kind of think I'm I'm wrong about, or that that might change the fight? No, I think like your 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 way of looking at it could definitely happen. That's what, that's what makes it such an interesting fight. That so many different things could play out here. Mm-hmm. You, nobody really knows what's going to happen here. You know, Poirier could 
think oh, I'll take him down here, you know, at yeah. some stage as well. Like, you know, never ruled that out. Uh, he had like he had success doing that in the first fight and a uh, long time ago now. But Holloway also got taken down by McGregor uh, easy, easily. I know, I, I know, uh, I know he hasn't been taken down in a long time. But nobody's really got, gone at him to try and take him down that much. Um, maybe that's because of his movement and pushing people back. But uh, if the opportunity arises, I, I don't think Poirier will will turn it down. So you know, anything can happen here. Um, Holloway, Holloway at a different weight class. Is, there's always there's always a bit of uh, intrigue as to, to how a guy's going to look when he changes weight classes. Um, maybe it's become a bit more normalized uh, in the last few years, but uh, it, some some guys are taken and destroyed, and some guys don't. Uh, I think it's easier to move up than to move down, obviously. But uh, I think Max Holloway, his body type and all, he probably won't struggle, mm-hmm. but he might. You never you never know. And then the, as I talked about the mentality thing earlier, and obviously uh, uh, Poirier Poirier can knock people out. You know he's. He's put together probably the best streak of his career since the since he got knocked out by Michael Johnson. Okay, he had a struggle against uh, Jim Miller, uh, but then he had, obviously had that really good fight that ended in no contest with Eddie Alvarez, and then he beat Pettis, knocked out Gaethje, knocked out Eddie Alvarez, and he's uh, is like he's had he's had a good he's had a, he had a good career before that had some very good wins, but that's definitely the best the best streak of his career. Uh, he's probably the highest confidence he's ever had. Uh, he's been at 155 for longer. He's more comfortable there. So there's a lot of things that could happen here uh, outside, uh, that lead into the fight outside of the actual technique of the fight even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. There is, there is lots of, of different things. It's a big fight as well. Paria as well, maybe not the, the strongest mentally before. You know, we saw McGregor kind of ruined him mentally before. And, and maybe it's not that, you know, Max Holloway is going to ruin him mentally or anything. But maybe, you know, the stress of fight week and headline and the card and stuff is something that could get him as well. So that's, uh, you know, an interesting thing as well. I think, I think as well from the, like Paria kind of said after the McGregor fight that he kind of, he did get in his head and he hated him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and it was the wrong way to kind of think. And he kind of learned from that. Like, yeah. and then even he's been kind of gracious when he talking about McGregor you know when, whereas you, you probably would have thought that maybe it would have went the other way yeah um because he kind of I think I think he learned from that and he used it as a I think to grow and he's he's obviously as I said put together the, the best streak of his career recently mm-hmm. I, 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 the last point I want to make and it's got the point you were kind of making there I have it written down in my notes here Poria takedowns early and late because I, I think I think if he tries a takedown early just to see if, if it's there, if, if it's possible, I think that's good. And I don't think it probably will be because Max Holloway is... And just to make him think about it. Yeah, exactly. To, oh, you have to think about this. But I think if you make him think about it early, right, and then you don't get the takedown, and then Holloway kind of, or anyone really, thinks that you know the, the takedown fight is over. He's not going to go for takedowns anymore. I stopped the takedowns. They're not there anymore. And then Poirier comes out. And he goes into the fourth round when Holloway, you know, and this is because Holloway ups the pace throughout the rounds. You go into the fourth round, Holloway comes out with his big pace going right forward at you. Then you come down, change levels and take him down when he's not expecting it, you know, three and a half rounds after the first takedown. I think that could be very interesting, especially if it's a fight where maybe it's two rounds to one or something like that. And Parry is able to, to win a round maybe in the last, you know, minute and a half or something by taking him down and landing a, a bit of ground upon. That could change a fight like this. It really could. So I think I think that's an interesting thing to look at. And out if for. it hits the ground, if it hits the ground, maybe Holloway's. We haven't seen his jiu-jitsu in a long time. I'm saying he's been working on it a lot. Maybe he he pulls something out himself. Like you know, I wouldn't be surprised if way better than we've ever seen recently or in any of his UFC fights mm-hmm. because he's been improving so much everywhere else. Yeah. 
I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if he hasn't improved on the ground. Yeah, it's almost... It's not flying under the radar, but I think it's flying under the radar in terms of a technically brilliant fight between two of the best fighters in the world. I really do think it is. It's like it's... Both guys could, could get an early knockout. Both guys could get a late knockout. It could be a... You know, it could be a submission. Parry's submissions. Remember, he's, like, he's known for his anaconda choke and all like that. You know, it, it only takes one second for Dustin Parry to catch you in a, in a submission as well. And it could be all over. Like, Holloway's blistering pressure could absolutely decimate uh, Parry's jab. His, his ability to counter that pressure with his own shots his ability to to stop the kind of the meat to meet the cage cutting it this is a it's a also, really really good fight Paria, like Paria is not afraid to get in a phone boot fight yeah. and max holloway has called for a clown like we've been pointing at the ground being pro down at the end at the end of rounds so you know when, when you do that like you see with cody garbrandt anybody can anybody can get knocked out <laughs> if, you, if you get into one of them slug fests yeah even for a few seconds yeah 100 percent. and then the co-main event, Kelvin Gastelum versus Israel Adesanya, it's it's a, a much different fight. Although it's you know it's kind of the the long switch fighter fighting the southpaw. Like Adesanya, I I don't think there's any fighter in the world as comfortable fighting out of out of both stances as he is. Like it's hard to know <laughs> what stance he actually is. I know he's you know he's a, he's an orthodox fighter, but it it you wouldn't you wouldn't know like he could fight a whole fight at Saupa and and you wouldn't you know you know you wouldn't really know it. But he's kind of the new breed of fighter. You know we we don't, <laughs> I don't want to go fully eat off here or anything, but it's all about kind of reactions and movement and awareness by Israel Adesanya. Your arms or your legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but like he's a total reaction fighter. You know, we talked about him before the Anderson Silva fight, and that people are kind of saying he's he's the new Anderson Silva and all, but. He isn't, but he is in a way that he's probably what Anderson Silva in 2019 would be because he's just a totally... Like, Anderson Silva's a guy who waits for you to, to do something and then he reacts to it, where Adesanya waits for the reaction, but he waits for the reaction by doing something to make you react, if that makes any sense. Like, he's always moving. There's these little movements. You know, Anderson Silva does that a little bit as well, but he always has these little movements, these little jabs inside. And he also does... A great thing he does is he's not just a counter-fighter, a reaction fighter. He attacks sometimes when it looks like he fakes a fake. You, know, you think he's going to fake and then he hits you with a jab or he comes over the top with a with a head kick or something like that. And he's so smooth doing it as well. And he's so smooth when he gets a chance as well. Because it's, it's no good fighting like that unless you have the ability to, to kind of take that chance. It's like Leicester when they won the Premier League that time. It's no good being defensive and, and sitting back and not letting the opposition score unless you have the ability to counter and someone like Jamie Vardy to finish it and get 11 goals in a row in Premier League games. That's what Adesanya is like. Like, he only needs that one chance and he'll take it. So, you know, that's that's kind of the perfect fighter who... It, it's very, very hard to hit him. It's very hard to know what he's doing next. And it's very hard to stop him from taking you out once he gets the chance. So, it's it's a tough, tough matchup, isn't it, here for Calvin Gastelum? Yeah, it really is. But, uh, like, you know, Gastelum on his day, like, he's, he's inconsistent. Mm. You don't really know which guys are going to turn up. Is he even going to be in great shape? Like, sometimes sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. Um, and, like, he has some knockout power of his own. But I, I think... If if you're if you're betting on this, I think you have to go with Adesanya. But um, a lot of people were disappointed with uh, Adesanya's performance against Anderson Silva. But you know, the ghost of Anderson Silva is still still a very dangerous fighter. Like if you if you make a little mistake, he he will he will punish you with like at any moment with some some kick that 
some kick or strike that you you just you've never seen before or you, you just don't see coming. Um, and uh, I think Adesanya fought a pretty good fight against Anderson Silva for the first two rounds anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a you know it was a idol of his. He said afterwards and uh, all that stuff. So maybe that played into it. And maybe it'll play into this fight that it's 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 for like a a belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it's not the real belt, yeah. But it's still, it's a, it's a belt. Like you know, it's it, it's a bit more to it. So uh, maybe that'll play into it. But I think, I think Adesanya, I'd lean Adesanya. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if I see Gastelum looking in great shape coming in. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He is, he is, he has a bit of kind of, I don't know, uh, awkwardness to him or something. He's he seems to be hard to hard to get timing on him early anyway mm-hmm. and he, he's really good if he gets the if he gets the back he's really good at sinking rear naked chokes we've seen him time and time again use his jiu-jitsu to win fights uh, especially on the ultimate fighter and that's kind of his uh what, what got him to the dance uh originally so uh, you can't rule him out there and we haven't really seen adesanya with somebody high level on his back uh that i can remember anyway mm-hmm. uh so th- there's questions to be answered for adesanya still but and gaslam's kind of the more known quantity and he's definitely a high le- a high level High caliber upper echelon fighter, mm-hmm. but uh, I would lean Adesanya. I I agree hundred percent. I think like I think the question you know like when we're talking about Dustin Poirier and think maybe he'll he'll wilt under this pressure and stuff. I think Kelvin Gastelum's like the exact opposite. I think he's he's a guy who rises to the occasion. He just seems like when when Kelvin Gastelum is like if you see him on fight weekend, he's cocky and he thinks he's gonna win and he looks you know he looks a bit like Henry Cejudo with a big cringy face in him. You know if 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 Gastelum's like that. You know, he he has a big chance in this fight if he's like that because he does. He remember even fighting Uriah Hall. Everyone thought he was gonna lose fighting a, a bigger guy, a better athlete, a guy who he was knocking guys out for fun. And okay, Uriah Hall's not a great fighter as we thought he was, but he rose to that occasion. You know, he, he's. I really called good. it as well and got. I think it was four to one or three to one. Yeah, he, great. He, he, like, <laughs> he really you always does. remember the wins. <laughs> yeah, you do. Never. I, I actually I bet on the Grand National yesterday. I Tiger all ninety two. I twenty quid and one hundred and ten euros. Wait. But there you go, anyway. But anyway, yeah, I like. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, and uh, like, there's ways of doing it as well for Gaslam because if you look at his game, it's actually kind of designed to fight guys. This okay, the size and scope of Israel Adesanya, maybe not the skill, because he's so good that he he could stop Gaslam's easy. But what Gaslam does really is he controls the jab of a longer opponent. He slaps it away. He hand fights. He catches your wrist. He just pulls that jab away. But for him to do that, the jab kind of has to be in the face all the time. So I think Adesanya will actually switch that up an awful lot. I could see an awful lot of body kicks, leg kicks, head kicks coming in from Adesanya. A lot of backhands. I could see him switching up stances a lot so that, and he does that anyway. But he'll switch up stances so that Kelvin Gaslam can control that front jab. And if he can't control the front hand, the jab... He is he's kind of half fucked in this fight because that's how he beats those bigger longer guys because when you're fighting a bigger longer guy what do you have to do you have to get inside and how do you get inside it's taking away that lint finder you know all fighters if you're big and long and you use your lint what are you going to use uh, to, to, to keep that lint you're going to use the jab you're going to use your kicks from the outside but the jab is the most important thing and the Gavlin, Gaslam breaks down he slaps it literally slap it. look back and watch his all fights he slaps that jab away and gets inside and he's he's a bull once he gets inside he pushes you against the fence takes you down against the fence or lands that big left hand right over top like we saw knock out michael bisping and you know he he definitely can do that 
but uh, you know I, I'd be a bit unsure about him then on, on the ground I suppose he's he, Gaslam is bad take down the fence himself but I don't think Adesanya will, will be going to take him down but uh, Gaslam is, is a good wrestler he's good against the cage um, and it's his pressure definitely helps the takedowns because you know you think you're going to come over the top with that with that big left hand like like Josh Emmett the last day and then you you know you come underneath and okay Emmett kind of went to the two fakes and, and got the, the the shot over the top and got the knockout but uh, I think that big fake left hand coming inside with the takedown underneath it could be an interesting thing now Adesanya has improved his takedown defense an awful lot and it's by getting the overhooks and the overhooks against Gaslam are a, are a you know are perfect because Gaslam in in the past if he gets you against the cage and you have the overhooks against him and you're as much taller than him as Adesanya is he's not taking you down there's, there's just no way but Gaslam has to take a take Adesanya down before he has the ability to get his back against the fence with those overhooks because once it gets there it's just you know he's either going to get out or the referee is going to separate him so uh, that that's a, that's a big thing for him but I'm not sure he can get those takedowns because I'm not sure he can win that jabbing battle I'm not sure he can get the, the jab of Adesanya away and if Adesanya lands a couple of big shots I, I think it's 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 going to be a tough night for Gaslam fun fight though I'm looking forward to it happening but I'm definitely going with uh with with Adesanya and any particular kind of aspect of the fight you're you're looking forward to before we move on here yeah if Adesanya is as good as maybe he he possibly is you know if he's if if he can put it all together and if if he if he can go out there and just easily beat Kevin Gastelum or or overcome adversity and beat Kevin Gastelum it'll, it'll, it'll tell us a lot about him mm-hmm. um, and he could like if Adesanya goes out there and and, and does all the, all the things that he and was, could end up being in the future one of the best fighters ever if not you know the best mm-hmm. but but uh, obviously there's a long way to go and we have we have a lot of questions that could be answered and there could be some gaping holes in his game that were but that's what makes it so interesting, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm more interested to see, to learn about Adesanya than anything, really. But obviously, I'm excited about the fight as well. Yeah, me too. It, look, it, it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be a fun fight and, let, you know, let's let's see how it goes. Well, hopefully, you know, Kevin Gaslam doesn't come in all fat and then we don't, we don't really learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> Gaslam could miss weight as well. You'd never know with him. Like, he's a, he's a mad joke, but sure, look, <laughs> these things do happen in MMA as well. These things, <laughs> these things do happen in MMA. Um, and a, a couple of more fights on that card before we move on. Not nothing to 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 write home about. Oh, Van Sampru against Nikita Krylov should be a, a fun fight. I think Eric Anders versus Khalil Roundtree will be. That not already happened. Did he not get? Did he not get Van Flew choked when that happened before? Did that happen before? Let me look. Um, I think he got Van Flew choked. No. Uh, Van Sampru. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, UFC 171, 2014. God help us all. Yeah, so that that'll probably happen again. Uh, Winston yeah, Hayes. Long away to rematch. <laughs> yeah, the one. Just see uh, who's who else was rematching. Oh yeah, it was Robbie Lawler against uh, Woodley. We talked about that last week. Uh, Wilson Hayes versus Pantoja as well on the undercard. That should be a good yeah, fight. Yeah, that's a good. That's, a, that's probably the the third best fight in the card. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, that's a that's a really good fight. Tosh is a very good fighter and obviously Wilson Hayes has been around for a long time and several different promotions and you know, fought for the title and stuff is always uh always dangerous and the one twenty five division still just kinda I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's got it's still kinda half there but not really. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I always I always like the the technical fights, and I think 
I think Wilson Hayes will probably win, but Pantoja is a really good fighter as well. And it's it's a shame for these guys that just there's not like they're kind of in limbo. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, maybe we we have to enjoy the 125 fights in the UFC while while we still can. All right, so let's get into some of the questions here. I'm going to answer, there's loads of questions this week, actually. So I'm going to answer most of the Patreon ones uh, over on Patreon. That'll be out Tuesday. Patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. If you haven't signed up yet, please do. It's this kind of time of the year now where we need extra support, more support. And uh, it'd be great if, if you did sign up. We've loads of stuff over there. There's the rewatch Max Holloway versus uh, Dustin Poirier 1 is already up there. So if you sign up now, you can see that. And I think there's like... 50 other rewatches up there so you'll get all of them for the price of a pint uh, a month uh, we did the uk mma show about 10 days ago i'd say with with brad wharton so that's up there we talk about all different things in uk mma we did a career retrospective for fedor this week we also did one for forrest griffin a while back and um, who else do we do jose aldo and a few more guys as well so check them out q a is out every tuesday the rewatch is out every thursday and we usually have at least one maybe two podcasts out uh, the rest of the week as well i'll have to do a sheen show as well sometimes as well that'll be up on youtube as well so please sign up severemed.com forward slash pints you'll get it there price of a pint a month if you listen to this podcast if you probably you're listening to this you've probably listened to it like 30 times before sign up for one month throw us a bit of wet the beak a little bit and uh Help your friends, Shawnee and Graham out. Graham is uh, waiting to pay for here, so you uh, he, he's an awful date here. So your five a month can can help him. All right, <laughs> let's get in. I need I need this as the uh, country this, feedback yeah. where OEM goes. Uh, like uh, I got kids. Actually, you're gonna watch uh, WrestleMania tonight. Didn't even know I was on. Um, How dare you? I saw Travis Brown actually, or some guy ran some fan ran on or something. Yeah, Bret Hart got attacked and by a Travis fan. Travis Brown was in the video. I just saw it on uh, MMA Reddit. Uh, yeah, it was, it, I always thought that about kind of wrestling shows and WWF or WWE show. I always say that uh, WWE shows. Um, that the that little black barrier is easy will be easy to hop over and people run it. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. People like f- crazy fans because people are so obsessed with wrestlers and the fans are kind of. Like a lot of them, not a lot of them, but a few of them anyway, are a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that there isn't more kind of fan run-ins because there doesn't look to be too much security there, and and all these kind of, I don't know, I, I know this wasn't a wrestling, it was a kind of an event in the ring or whatever was it? Yeah, it, was it wasn't a really of, a hall of fame ceremony. Wasn't really a wrestling show per se, but both it, it seems to be a lack of security. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. It was, it was literally the worst time you could ever do that because all the re- it's the Hall of Fame ceremony, right? So all like all the famous wrestlers are standing there, <laughs> are sitting there watching the like Bret Hart is doing his Hall of Fame induction, and they're all sitting there watching. Like you could not pick a worse time to attack Bret Hart. Like twenty lads came in and beat the shit out of him. I think I don't know if your man got a broken nose, but Dash Wilder, one of these wrestlers, is like big fucking hardy looking fuck. Big. He looks like a fire hydrant. He hit him right in the face, like smashed him. Travis Brown hit him with about six shots of ground and pound. Like ground lo- <laughs> loads of lads were being. And I know you know wrestling is fake or whatever, but these boys are these are legit. If you attack one of them, you're getting the shit beat out of you. Like and they got your man got absolutely fucking smashed. So uh, yeah, I don't think anyone will be doing that again anyway because uh yeah these things these things happen in wwe anyway but uh yeah it's all part of the script bro yeah, bro yeah sure uh Vince wrestling... screwed breath or uh, breath screwed breath that you still don't believe that do you uh i'd be very skeptical of of of, of it but it, it make of no everything sense, to like, do with wrestling he didn't like he didn't they, they, speak to him for years and everything he could have earned loads more money and he turned it down because he hated him like yeah maybe yeah I don't know, but sure. Look, um, I have like I'm not a big wrestling guy. If I if I looked into it, I'd probably agree with you. But until then, I, I remain uh, 
I remain on the fence. Mm. Limerick's on. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to win the main event anyway. Going against Ronda Rossi. Brock Lesnar as well for, for MMA fans. He's uh, wrestling Seth Rollins. So maybe if he loses there, he could be back. <laughs> for MMA fans. Yeah, so. Look, all right, let's get into the questions. Uh, Evan Keaveney. Uh, how close would Peter Yan be to, to a, a Scheitel tot if he beats uh, Jimmy Rivera in June? That's a good fight, isn't it? Peter Yan versus Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, it's a very good fight. Um, how close he to uh, like he, he kind of proved himself a lot in the last fight. Like uh, Dodson, okay, he, um, he, maybe he's not the very best, but like you know, he's gone in there and dropped Demetrius Johnson twice, and he's he's knocked out you know, kind of an early stoppage, but it's still dropped hard. Uh, TJ Dillashaw before I know this is years ago. He's a very good fighter though, like you know, so he's overcome that. So I think I think you know if he beats Jimmy Rivera. You give him either the one of the top contenders or a title shot next. So I think he's right on the as long as he goes out there and wins, and doesn't win in a you know in a controversial fashion or anything like that. Then I think probably probably will be either number one contender or a title shot next. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple of questions there about this whole McGregor Habib back and forth and things and. <sighs> It really went. It really went mad, didn't it? I think it went. It went way too far, didn't it? At uh, uh, during the week. I, uh, like what even happened? I was. I was over and getting married. Uh, I kind of was just here talking to you through texts. Um, look, people. Kind of, people can kind of look that up for themselves, I suppose, and, and <laughs> see what was said. I, 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 we're not going to be reading that in the podcast, but uh, you know, you can you can look and see what's said. And, you know, Dana White came out and said, um, you know, that it's kind of gone too far and, and we're going to deal with it. But I, like, I think the only way of dealing with this is, and it, it's the one thing that's probably never going to happen. Fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the exact opposite. Say, uh, these guys are never going to fight again. We're never ever going to make this fight again. It's the only way to stop it. But even if he says that, that's going to make people want to see the fight more so there's too much money yeah there's no way of there's no way of stopping this you almost have to just have them fight and get it out of the way like but i don't know it's it's i make a lot of money it's gone to a stage now where it, <laughs> it looks it just looks bad for like it make it's making look mcgregor look absolutely terrible it's making habib look bad it's making the sport look bad it's just it's just rotten to the core at the moment like and it, you know the boss thing yeah, was bad enough. but, but there's there's really no way they're gonna say or oh, never making this fight again. It's just it, as I keep saying, there's just too much money. So they just, as you said, need to make, get the rematch. Like nobody's gonna be complaining about a rematch. It's gonna be a lot of money. Um, you, like, okay, the UFC are kind of powerless to stop this. You know, you can't really stop people tweeting stuff or putting stuff on the internet. Like Habib McGregor, all these these guys can just do what they want. You can tell them, oh, don't do that. But like, you can't control it. Like, there's nothing you can do really. Like, and when somebody's the biggest star for the, as important to the UFC as a Habib or or McGregor, they can kind of just do what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And there's nothing the UFC can do. So people are like, oh, the UFC should do more. What do you, what do you want them to do? And what are they going to do is is the more most important bit. Like if we could trust them to never make that fight, then that'd be a good way of doing it. But we can't trust them to do that. that that's just it's just too much money. It's just yeah. way too much money. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Sean Dinny after Barney's U-turn in the darts, <laughs> which is more reliable, MMA retirements or darts retirements? I said darts. <laughs> no, I didn't even hear about this. <laughs> yeah, Barney retired. Like he was fighting or fighting. He was throwing darts over in <laughs> Holland, and then he lost or something. He's gone to shite in the last year, and he was 
like, oh, I'm going to retire at the uh, at the World Championships at Christmas. He said that about six months ago or whatever. And then in the darts in, in the Netherlands said, no, this is my last ever. I'm retiring here today. And then like eight hours later, the next, <laughs> next morning, I'm like, ah, no, I'm not actually retired. I'm back. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, Andy Stevenson, <laughs> what are your thoughts on SBG Swords rebranding to Team KF? Is this indicative of an underlying conflict in Irish MMA? Um, I don't know about an underlying conflict, but I, you know, maybe it's wanting to be maybe wanting to be your own thing, like wanting mm-hmm. to be as like you know other people speaking or people thinking that other people are speaking on your behalf mm-hmm. or representing you when you feel like you're you're separate. Yeah, like it's it's interesting. And you think... want to speak for yourself, and you want to, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you want to, you just want to do your own thing. And uh, okay, the SPG brand has probably been very helpful at the start setting up the gym for for Chris and Tom King Chris Fields and Tom King getting getting members but they probably come to a point where they think uh, we, we can just like do our own thing and maybe it's maybe it is a uh, I don't like what what other people other owners or, or other people who are speaking for SPG are saying or maybe it's maybe it's just you know I want to be independent mm-hmm. and I, you know I think I think Tom King put up a thing a while back and said this is like the original SPG gym and it's like it has that feel so maybe they think you know and I don't want to be putting words in their mouth they're going to be on Eurobash this week anyway so I'll give it a listen to that but maybe it's a thing like you know the, the main SPG has got a little bit too commercial or something and they want to make a kind of like a fight Chris Field seems to more be more gritty yeah more gritty guy uh, you know the likes of Ian Gary and James Webb they're going through the cage wires they're taking a different kind of path they're taking maybe the more the more old school path and you know, it's it's which is better. We'll I suppose we'll we'll find out, or maybe maybe both are good. But there's just a, a kind of a different path, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It'll be interesting to see if if John Kavanagh says something about it. But you know, he probably won't. John Kavanagh doesn't seem to say things about about anything at the, these days. But look, you know, I, I, is it good or bad for him? I suppose time will tell. But Chris Fields and, and Tom King seem to have been doing great things over the last couple of years. Like we, we wax lyrical here about Ian Gary. James Webb is, is a is a fantastic fighter, Cage Warriors champion. Chris Fields has always been a really smart guy. You know, you've talked about Chris Fields before, and you know he's done the, the severe sessions and stuff here before, and he's always seemed like a really smart guy, and he knows his stuff, and his fighters always seem to be really, really well prepared. So you know, he's a very honest guy. Like there's no mm-hmm. bullshit with him really. Like. Yeah. He says what he thinks. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, so look, it's, it's you know, and, and yes, there's an underlying conflict. There is, because you know why? Their, their fighters will be getting into a cage against each other and fighting. So that's conflict, you know, whether it's, you know, personal conflict or whatever, don't mind that. It's conflict in the cage, you know, and if Chris Fields grows his gym and has these great fighters that he wants to have, like Team Rhino or like the lads up the north or like the lads in Cork or Galway, they're going to be fighting SBG lads. They're going to be fighting Rhino lads. This, yeah. this is going so to Team happen. Team Rhino used to be SBG Northside mm-hmm. back in way back in the day, and yeah. they became their own thing. And um, now they're kind of like the for years they're kind of fighting the SBG guys and the rivals. And it's healthy, I think, to to have rivals and want to get one up on another gym. It makes you. It's good for Irish MMA as well. Yeah, it makes the oh, was it a rising tide yeah, <laughs> lifts all boats. Lifts all boats, indeed it does. Indeed, actually, I used to I used to work inside in uh, in Limerick City, right alongside the marina, right. And there was this boat that was there for like I think it was there for years. Someone had just abandoned it. It was gone, gone to like shit. And they brought this other boat to like tow it away, right. So they they cut the boat, put it on with a rope, and towed it. And 
as they were bringing it out, right, this fella just, like, turned the corner to drive down towards Kerry or whatever, and he just smashed the boat into the marina. Like, the whole front of the boat just fell off. It was like, he was dragging, like, half a boat that was sinking halfway down the river, and we were all standing up in the office, like, looking at it. And his boat was just smashed and sinking slowly as your man drove, and it's like, this fucker was supposed to rescue this boat. He just made absolute shit of it. He basically sunk the boat. So it was hilarious. But yeah, that, that had absolutely nothing to do with the, the podcast, but I thought it was a funny story. Anyway. But yeah. That's a good story. <laughs> it was a good story. How dare you? I suppose you had to be there. Uh, Harry Powell BJJ over on Instagram. What's your favorite biscuit? What's your favorite? I, I imagine you're a biscuit man, Graham, are you? Ooh. At the moment, I'm enjoying the kind of butter milk chocolate biscuits. They're called like butter biscuits. So yeah, but uh, like, I like all biscuits. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, go through phases. Um. Like, would a brownie be a biscuit? Not no, really. No, brownies. In, you yeah. know, in America, they call, like, weird, like, things in, like, yeah. in, like chicken places. It's like a biscuit. Yeah, it's so strange. So, Americans are pretty like, what are you talking about? Yeah, biscuits and um, cookies, yeah. Like, yeah, they call, like, yeah, they call biscuits cookies. Is it, like, is it Oreo? Cookie? An Oreo isn't a cookie, like. No, an Oreo is right. a biscuit, yeah. Is a cookie a biscuit, yeah. though? Are all, like, it's like thumbs and fingers. Are all... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly like it's that, exactly John. Like that. It's exactly like that. But yeah, what's my favorite? Do you know, what are the pink wafers? Pink wafers, my favorite. Biscuits. Ooh, I haven't had one of them in ages. Oh, I, love I, I, I love a wafer, though. I love a wafer. Wafers are very good. Right. You know them? Um, what are them little Milky Way kind of circular wafer? Milky what are they called? Oh, oh no! Oh, Milky. Uh, what are you talking? Uh, what are they called? They're like just two little small kind of. Uh, Long, long pieces in it. It's, it's. Oh, oh a ti- a time out, remember. time out. Is it? No, no. It's a Milky. It's a Milky Way thing. A Milky Way. So white chocolate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. That's so annoying. Oh, um, God, I want to eat this anyway. Whatever it is, I don't know. Let's think of it. We'll come back to it. Here, we'll pause. Pause it. the podcast. <laughs> okay, look hold up on. Here. I'm pausing it. Three, two, <laughs> one. Important. Pause. Yeah, crispy rolls, Milky oh. Way crispy rolls. They're fen- phenomenal. They're, I was literally going to say that. I couldn't think. They're my, that's my favorite bar. Like, I love that. That's not a biscuit, though. That's a bar, yeah. But that's my. Well, it's, I it's, love them. Yeah. I love them. Oh, they're fucking. They're like the white chocolate in the middle, the, 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 uh, the milk chocolate on the outside, and the crisp in the middle. Mm. Yeah, oh, unreal. God Milky Ways like, over in America are completely different. They're, Milky really? Ways are like Mars bars. What? They're, yeah, they're like caramel and. and Whatever that nugget stuff is, or whatever. Are they still white chocolate? No, I don't. No, they're not the fluffy like, like the Milky Way. I'm talking about, yeah, not Milky Bar. Oh yeah, Milky Way. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Um, I think they're different over there. I think I think Milky Way is like a Mars bar. Like it's, it's all different over there. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Anyway. Yeah, Milky Ways <laughs> have like caramel and are more like a Mars bar. <laughs> <laughs> gone into a rant about fucking biscuits and so. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. everybody tweet us at. Anyway, you've Mepa. never had a Milky Way crispy roll. You've never oh, lived. They're lovely. They're lovely. Everybody tweet us your favorite biscuit <laughs> at Severemepod. Okay. Or bar. Our bar. Last two questions. I'll answer the rest. Of it. There's like tons of questions here, so I'll answer them over on uh, over on the the Q and A. Um, Noblar, uh, who'd win in a BKB fight, Sean or Graham? What do you think? Oh Jesus. Um... It would be, be sad for both of us. I have a, um, I have a terrible shoulder, so... Yeah, I broke my collarbone before and dislocated my shoulder and it just kind of never, it just kind of recovered itself kind of in a weird position in my collarbone, but never really troubled me since. But I'm, I've always had really slow punches. Uh, not that I've 
been in loads of fights or anything, but like even when I'm hitting the bag, like I have no pop in my punch at all. I don't know how to punch really at all. Yeah. But uh, I usually go for more grab a hold of somebody and slam them hard if I have to or choke them. <laughs> so I don't think uh, bare knuckle boxing will be will be my thing. I'm a natural athlete, though. I kind of take to everything. Every punch I throw is pure. <laughs> spin around, so. I, I, probably, I just probably do run around for a while, and get half my uh, half my purse deducted, uh, <laughs> tire you out. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a lot, that might have worked like six months ago, but I reckon I could go. I could go two good rounds now. Anyway, I, I keep going. All it takes is one shot. Okay. I just, yeah, I just circle around you for two rounds there's five of them so yeah, it's, it's, it's good, it's all good. Yeah, you'd probably get fucking tired as well what are you talking about yeah circling around a few yeah. <laughs> you'd get, a <laughs> you just a get minute. so tired I punch you once and you're gone <laughs> okay jo- Johnny Byrne a quick game of what's more likely one Connor fighting in 2019 or Brock fighting in 2019 I think Connor uh, Connor fighting is more yeah, likely I, I think, think they'll Connor, both have yeah. uh, Artem versus Polly does over 50,000 buys or Jones versus Santos does over 500,000 buys hmm um, I think they're both likely again. Are they? 50,000 maybe would be a lot. Jones, is, is this new ESPN thing yeah, uh, will have started by then? Yeah, it will. It's starting actually ne- next weekend for the... This yeah, so I don't th- I don't yeah. think it will. Okay. Then. Yeah, Art and Polly, so. Uh, the UFC dissolves the women's featherweight first or the UFC dissolves the women's... Fl- or the men's flyweight first. I think the men's flyweight. Yeah. Because uh, um, they want to be in the sidebar business. Yeah, I think so, but... Things could change pretty quickly if Cyborg goes out there and loses again a couple of times. Maybe they maybe they would get rid of it. But I I think the I think the definitely more likely thing is the flyweight division seems to be pretty much being phased out at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. George Masvidal fights for the UFC title, or Justin Gaethje fights for the UFC title. Hmm. I think I think I don't oh, think Masvidal win will. Uh, well, he might fight for like an interim though. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> Are we talking know. real? Real fighting? titles, probably not. He's fighting Askren next, isn't he? I, I don't. Well, he could. Yeah, he could beat Askren. Actually, he's a very bad matchup for Askren. Gaethje seems to be close enough again, and people love Gaethje as well. So maybe if he wins one more fight. And you want win. you want exciting guys in in title fights as well. Like, uh, you can run a nice promo there, like, and get people excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if anyone doesn't like soccer, you can turn off the podcast right now. Baker Nicholson, as a Manchester United fan, would you rather win the? Would you rather Liverpool win the league or Man City win the quadruple? Well, that's a, an easy, obvious question. I'd rather Man City win every fucking title ever made ever again than see Liverpool win the league once, of course. And would you prefer to Man United to finish uh, in Europa League mm-hmm. and? And Liverpool to finish second, or I'd, Liverpool to win the league, and Man United finish in the Champions League. I'd rather Man United get fucking relegated than Liverpool win the league. <laughs> <laughs> Is Europa League worse than being relegated? I, I'll take a year. <laughs> I will take one year of Europe. It actually is. It's, I'll take a year of Europa League rather than a lifetime of cunts like you saying Liverpool are, are class because they won the league and all. Would you take? Um, would you take uh, Liverpool not winning the league but winning the Champions League yeah. and Man United not finishing in in Man United finishing in sixth or fifth or whatever? Yeah, fifth or sixth. Right now, would you take that if if it was offered to you? Yeah, I would. Yeah, as long as Liverpool don't win the league, anything. <laughs> I take anything. But the Champions League is so much better than the nah, league. Like. You've won that before. It's not like it's good. Loads of times we won the we won the 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 English English domestic yeah, league. Never much more the, times. You've never won the Premier League. Have you? have never lifted that Premier League trophy. They change the name all the time with Premiership, yeah, Premier yeah, League, yeah, First yeah. Division, like, you know, Carrier Bag Cup, Carling Cup, mm-hmm. Worthington Cup, Milk Cup. 
It's all the same. No. <laughs> you're are like how in fairness though, like I know you you're saying this lab, but give us a bit of truth here. How like how desperate are you like, to win the you league? know, you know, a lot of the reason that I really want to win the league now is because like everybody seems to not want Liverpool to win it. Yeah. And, like Man United fans are so <laughs> nervous and so like the just for the just to, to, for the like the Donald Trump winning the election moment of Man United fans <laughs> screaming, sitting in the street, like crying <laughs> videos. <laughs> I want them videos badly. <laughs> It would, it would be I want to see Sean Sheehan <laughs> sitting in the streets of Limerick <laughs> pawing his eyes out it could happen like. do you know the sick thing about it is if, if Liverpool do win the league it's probably going to be Man United that wins it for him because Man United away is Man City's big tough game that's left and Spurs as well Spurs three times in, in a row I think now it is for yeah. Man City yeah, but uh, the, you know, Man United All Trafford is a, is a tough game for anyone, like so. Yeah, yeah and you see, but Man United are looking pretty good these days. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you know, uh, the new manager settled in well. Uh, the stupidest decision ever to give him the contract now, like give it to sure, me. You were fucking. No, you I, were fucking. I never said give him the contract the, now, no, train. except for that one tweet at the after the PSG game. But that was in the heat of the moment. But <laughs> yeah, heat of the moment after football matches, you say a lot of things. Yeah, I said Romelu Lukaku should be released. For <laughs> yeah, sack him. Sack him. But yeah, look, what about Liverpool? Though? He said Paul Pogba was terrible. He is terrible. Like... I, I, oh, I hate him. I'd love to get rid of him. I'd, oh, God. He's so fucking annoying. Like, uh, he's a good player, not, but he's not worth it. Like, so, sell him and get Diabala for half the price and move on. Perfect. What's your, what's your opinion on Liverpool, even though, like, we're taking away all the, the just hating, hating them? Can I get one bit of hate first before I say that? Yeah. Like, yeah. how many lucky decisions have Liverpool got? And I know you love referees and giving out of them, but God almighty, this has been unbelievable. And I know it happened, it's happened to Man United loads of times when they were going Man to City, well. Man City were given a couple not, of not penalties for, to win games 1-0, and, like, that's, what, uh, four points? That's not, four points. Not as bad as Liverpool recently, though. That was and farcical Liber- at the weekend. Did you see the time? Okay, Salah was obviously offside and arguably a foul as well. And I know people saw... Coyle should have had a penalty. No, Coyle no, should have had a no, penalty no, in that, that game. Was dive. That was clear. But Are you joking? He, he, no no contact with the ball. He, he slid into, he, into his leg. He kicked into him. That was no way. No, if, if that, that was a penalty. Was, no, let's be was, honest. If that was another team, you would definitely have not said that was a penalty. No, that's a penalty all day long. But did you see the one where... Who was it? Two two lads went up for a header. Liverpool, had, uh, I think it was Van Dijk and uh, the Southampton attacker, whoever it was. And they won the, the Southampton man won the header and they put a Southampton man through on goal. And the two lads clashed into each other. And the referee played advantage for Southampton. When the guy was through on goal, he blew the whistle, stopped it, came back and gave a free to fucking Liverpool. Like, how does that happen? Like... That that's that's the difference between it could have been two 0 there rather than Liverpool going up the other end getting an offside goal and it's one all. That's a three goal turnaround like that. And is, that was like four phases later that goal after the offside. Yeah, but it should. And that was a marginal offside and and it was a marginal offside and uh, like obviously it was the wrong decision. But the the, the rules are like if if you're unsure the advantage goes to the attacker and then like even if VAR was in it, it was too, it, like it's considered like you know once they can reset then it's a new it's a new phase yeah, of, of VAR the game. is shit anyway but it should have been just given and what about fucking Salah smashing into the left back after that then that should be another foul there like it's a fucking joke that uh, like that <laughs> uh, you can understand you, the you outside can, you can look at you can look at loads of like you can look at the Leicester game and Mane be true on goal uh, given offside for no reason then he's true on goal gets taken out by Harry Maguire uh only a yellow card and then Harry Maguire scores uh, the equaliser and you lose two points there mm-hmm. you know like and that's only in, like that's the last time Liverpool drop points like yeah. you know these things happen but like it's, there's been no like you know Liverpool uh, 
haven't had like I, I don't think have haven't had like you know all these decisions, all oh, these things have. go for Come them. On, in fairness, oh, I don't like, oh, like, they there's, have there's, 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 like you know, you can look at like a couple of incidents, you can look at a couple of incidents from man, like I, I'm comparing to Man City here. I'm not like a couple of incidents where they've ended up getting wins, one nil wins, one goal wins due to due to bad decisions like penalties and mm. Fernandinho not getting sent off a couple of times where he should have been sent off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the, like there hasn't been like this massive like golfing decisions between Man City and Liverpool, I don't think. Has there ever been a worse Premier League season than this one though? Like in terms, I'm not talking about Liverpool and City, they've obviously been exceptional, but like Liverpool and City have barely lost, uh, Liverpool have only lost one game all season, haven't they? Like, yeah, drawn seven though, I think, is it? Yeah, but like, do you remember this league before there used to be a league where oh, every game's a tough game and to a certain extent that was that was kind of true there was always obviously the few but the league now just seems to be the two top teams and they're just trashing everyone else and like the, the, the relegation I just think is the managers are I just think the two managers like Guardiola and Klopp are just uh, uh, like Pochettino is kind of just behind but I think they're just a lot better they they just they, they just have these systems that they've they've trusted in for years and they've instilled into their teams and these other team managers are kind of like you know they, they they set up their teams kind of for the other team, mm-hmm. and they're not as well oiled and just they don't like they're just not as good managers. And I think managers are becoming more and more important. Um, like you can have you can have all the money in the world and make bad signings like we've seen it time and time again. Like teams try to spend a lot of money and they blow it. Mm-hmm. Like Spurs did it when they got all the money for Gareth Bale when when eighty million was yeah. a lot of money. You know, it, it, the manager, like Brandon Rogers, blew a lot of money. Like, um, the manager is so important because the manager's recruiting, and it's it's all well and good having all the money, um, in the world, but you need to find the players. And people criticize, oh, this much money for for Paul Pogba, or this much money for for Allison, or this much money for Van Dyke. But like, look, look at how good. Like, if you get it right, mm-hmm. these guys can be, and how how much how important they can be for like how many years is Allison and Van Dyke potentially going to be like so important for Liverpool. Yeah, but like, time, that, that money's is... gonna look. That money's gonna look. That money's gonna. If if you make the right, if you make the right big signings, that money's gonna look like yeah. like an absolute bargain. Like after a year, it already looks like an absolute bargain for both of them. But the thing is, as well, like, and it's kind of an offshoot of having good managers. Is that the board is kind of happy to back those managers? Like, I I don't think many other clubs in the world would have seen. Uh, okay, you have a problem centre back. You have a problem at goalkeeper. I'll pay a world record fee for a goalkeeper, a world record fee for a centre back, and you sorted that problem out straight away. Like that's a thing that almost any other club in the world wouldn't do. That and that's you know even Man City don't do that like so that's that's a you know Liverpool have bought the league I'm I'm just getting that here but like <laughs> <laughs> no well, like if you look at the net spend like of no, Liverpool okay maybe it's mean. not as much as as Man City but you like it's not really if you look at Guardiola like he probably his and his and Klopp's over the years probably isn't isn't that dissimilar mm. like just. It's just the size of the club. It's not like Guardiola's just been throwing money at it. Like is what I'm saying. Like he's obviously like people say, oh, he's he's only won these leagues because he's Barcelona manager back in the day. Like, but he's proven, even though he didn't win the Champions League of Bayern Munich. Like you know, Champions League is a knockout competition. Anything can happen. Like it's it's unpredictable. Like the ref makes a bad decision and you're out. Mm-hmm. You know these things happen. But um, somebody makes a mistake, has a bad day. Like you know, and your, your goalkeeper has a shocker and you're, you're like carriers or whatever, and you lose in Champions League final when oh, you're probably the better team. You know, uh, well, these things happen. They do. We we must do a, a soccer bag. Let me end it on this. You asked me to say like, am I impressed with Liverpool and stuff? The one thing I'm most impressed with Liverpool is that they're not really on a great run. Like, and Liverpool, okay, they've won like what, thirty games in a row. I don't know whatever it is, like fifteen games in a row, or whatever. But they're not really playing that exceptional, unbelievable, brilliant football. But they're still winning. 
And like that might seem like a negative thing, but it's not. It's you know what, I, what, I, what I'm thinking? Like when I used to watch, like if Liverpool were going for like, you know, the league against somebody, like okay, maybe it didn't go into the war that often, mm -hmm. but it was like, you know, uh, you're watching and okay, oh yeah, one nil up. Like say for example, like somebody's beating Man United one nil mm -hmm. after nine minutes, or you're watching that game and then it gets to 80 minutes and it's still a draw. You're like, oh. And this could be good and then it's so demoralising when yeah. every time like Liverpool's going all these late goals mm -hmm. come, coming back from behind you know Poxy's goals it's just, of all it's, time it's so it's so demoralising for yeah. like the, the fans and the and the players are obviously watching and Guardiola's obviously watching these games like Klopp will be watching Liverpool players be watching the Man City games if they're not playing themselves at the same time mm -hmm. um, and the, the you, thing about you, you, you get excited and you're like oh this is it we're going to have a bit of breathing room and then the pressure straight back on even, even more and you're just disappointed because you you thought oh here's the slip up and it just it just keeps happening where okay Liverpool look like oh this, this could be trouble here against Tottenham you know like Man City players and fans are probably like on their feet as Sissoko goes through on goal like being like you know this is it like we're we're gonna we're gonna win the league like basically mm. and then he misses and it's like oh and then Liverpool go up the other end and this horrible own goal happens yeah. <laughs> like just a horrible piece of goalkeeping from the God, you're like it. it's just like how did you do that like you'd be so pissed off mm -hmm. as a as a Man City fan yeah. so I think and as a player so I think that builds even more pressure for some of these guys. Yeah, one hundred percent, definitely sure. Look, the the one the one negative you maybe have with Liverpool is it's not in their hands. You know, Man City yeah. have to draw or have to lose. And if, if Liverpool just draw one game, they, Man City can afford to lose to Man or, yeah, they can oh, afford to lose to Man Oh, it's vital that Liverpool make Man City have to win against Man United. But, they, if, if, they, if they can afford to draw, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be it'll be a lot easier. Like the, the, the great thing for Liverpool as well, if you're looking from their point of view, they have Chelsea is their one hard game left. And then they have a really easy Champions League tie around it as well. So it's a big, I think that's a big advantage for them as well. So look... I, I, Chelsea are dangerous as well. Like we, are, Chelsea yeah, need, needed a needed a late surge goal uh, earlier in the season, but mm. to get a draw. So uh, Chelsea are always dangerous, and you, like Blue you never know. Like is you, the color. Football like you, 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 you could end up, you could end up where together. where Man City Man City lose to lose or draw with Spurs or Man United, and still Liverpool Liverpool will have even more pressure then to win the next game, and it it just builds and builds and and they can happen on football so it's good that it goes into the wire so this is what you want like sometimes the season's over like Man City like last yeah. year season's over by fucking January and you're just like oh fuck's sake yeah I'm going on the beer the second last week of the season so hopefully the league is still going and uh, I don't they're not going to get top four but hopefully the game actually means something then so it'll be good you don't think Man United can get top not, four not a hope they're, they're the other teams are playing pretty badly around them as well though yeah but they're uh, Arsenal are playing well uh, like I think this new stadium will help Spurs as well Chelsea do have Liverpool in fairness so that's kind of a catch 22 for me but no man man you might have just they've Everton it's not a catch 22 at all though from what you were saying earlier yeah it's not they've, they've Everton they have Man City and they have another tough game as well don't they is it Chelsea yeah they have Chelsea as well so okay the Chelsea could be a blessing in disguise I suppose but you know, the Man City game would be very hard to win, and if they don't win that, it's probably you know gone after they lost uh, to Wolves. Wolves are a good team as well. Actually, Wolves are playing Liverpool and Wolves last game of the season, but it is at Anfield as well. But look, we'll have to do a soccer podcast anyway at some stage. Yeah, no, Wolves are Wolves are very good in fairness. Yeah. Uh, they're 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 hard to play against, and they schooled Man United so uh... twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that half an hour of a soccer podcast or whatever it was. But I did give you a warning anyway to start it off. So uh, we'll see you all next week. And we'll leave you on the inspirational quote of the week. 
if you never try, you'll never know. We'll see you next <laughs> Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday or whenever it is.